Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mirror Image Podcast. I hope you are doing well, I hope you're having a good day, and thank you for tuning in. So, today we're talking about something very fun, but first, as always, we gotta start out with my life update, because my life is super, super important, and should be important to all of you. Yeah, yep, definitely. (laughs) So, the biggest thing that has happened in my life so far since we last talked is I went on vacation to Florida for spring break, and it was super fun. We went to Clearwater Beach, if you guys are familiar with that. It's, like, close to Tampa and St. Petersburg, and the whole shtick, I guess, like, the whole draw to Clearwater Beach is that the water is very clear and the sand is white, and I can confirm the water was very clear and the sand was white, but the water was also very cold, and I don't know if any of you guys have been to Florida beaches or any beaches in spring, um, but that was kind of my first time in a while doing that and I just don't remember the water being so cold but it was still nice because my sister and I just kind of like forced ourselves to go in we're like we're only here for two days we have to go swimming in the ocean and it was really fun I got tan and I also got hives from being tan and my skin is like so itchy right now it's dying and I don't even know what's wrong because I put sunscreen on like I am not one to just lie in the middle of the beach with oil on my back and not use any sunscreen like I use sunscreen but my arms are all like they're not like dry or peeling they're just kind of like like little this is kind of TMI but like little bumps on them and they're like raised and itchy and it's almost like itchy goosebumps which is really weird but if anyone has a diagnosis for me please hit me up and tell me because It's very itchy. Like, at the airport, I was literally, like, itching my back, like, down my shirt, which was (laughs) not, not very appropriate to do in the public, but it was so itchy and I just couldn't handle it. But it's not sunburn because, like, my skin isn't red. It's just, like, like, these bumps of, like, skin. Not red, really, unless I itch it. So, yeah, there you go. Doctors, diagnose me, please. And I also have a little story time for you because coming home, our flight got canceled. So we were at our hotel, like checked out already, and the text came in that our flight had been canceled. And we were like, okay, what do we do now? Because honestly, I've never been on a flight that has been canceled before. And I just find it strange how they don't like, make any effort to reroute you, um, I feel like they should be required to do that, like, if you cancel the flight, then you need to help them find other options, and, like, you're not even allowed to, at least through the airline we were flying through, you're not allowed to reschedule online, so you actually had to go to the airport and talk to them, but I feel like they should just make it easier and let you reschedule online, because talking to them and trying to figure that out is, like, such a mess, but anyways, so our flight got canceled, and we're like, what do we do? So then we just went to the airport, and my mom talked to them. My dad was also, like, on the phone, like, what are we gonna do? You know, stuff like that, and we ended up staying a night in Tampa, which is where the airport is, and it was really boring. My sister and I watched Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield, which was okay. I don't think it was better than Tom Holland's, but I like Andrew Garfield better, so (laughs) there you go. There's my very qualified review, 
And we ended up staying a night there, and then the next day we flew to Chicago O'Hare, and we had a layover there, and then we flew home. So luckily we had a pretty good situation. We were able to get a flight out, but like the airport was very hectic that day that our flight was canceled. There were so many people like just in line waiting to get their flights rerouted or something like that, trying to book a different flight. And it's because it was like the storm going through just basically all the vacation spots of Florida. Like it hit um Tampa, Clearwater area, like the west side of Florida first. And then it just like moved down like through all the way to Miami and stuff and like the east Fort Lauderdale, I think, stuff like that. So yeah, I feel like a lot of people might have gotten stuck, which was very unfortunate. But it was weird because our flight was canceled Um, and our flight was at, like, four or so, but the flight before us that was at, like, three wasn't canceled, so I guess the winds might have just, like, started picking up a lot at four, which is really unfortunate timing, because, like, we could have taken, like, the three o'clock one, but we just chose the four one to, like, have more time, you know? We ended up staying a night in Tampa, and that was that, so we pretty much stayed in, like, the same clothes from... Thursday until Saturday and I smelled so bad like it was actually kind of disgusting and that was my first experience with the canceled flight so that was fun and at least we got trapped somewhere like nice like in Tampa where the weather was still nice if we got trapped in like New Hampshire or something like that it would just it would be a terrible it would be so bad And my sister and I did a lot of discovering and looking through shops and stuff at Chicago O'Hare. My sister was looking for this, like, thing where you can color with water. It's called a water wow. Um, And she was, like, so desperately searching for one, but we couldn't find one at O'Hare. But there was this baby on the plane who had one, and obviously it couldn't use it. It was, like, literally one year old. But we were like, can we just ask for the water wow from that baby? Because it's obviously not coloring with it. It was like watching Coco Melon or something. But we didn't because I feel like that would have been rude. <laughs> but my sister was, that was her mission. She was looking for her water wow. She didn't find one, which was disappointing to say the least. But then we watched Avatar on the way home and it was nice. <laughs> and we got home at like 10 and then I just slept. And then Saturday after that, I did absolutely nothing, which was amazing. And today is Sunday. I'm recording. I know I'm trying to get it up today. Bad timing because I was just so tired from Saturday that I couldn't record yesterday. And I was hoping to be home on Friday, but rambling enough. Basically, I'm recording and uploading all in one day, which is like pulling a podcast all nighter. Another thing that happened in my life is that I opened up my SAT scores And we took the SAT in March, like, as a school, and I was a little disappointed with my score. It was okay. It was, it's kind of what I expected, which was not great. Like, I think I hold myself to so high standards that if I get what I expect, it's not good enough. Like, I should always be getting a little better than what I expect, you know? So I was slightly disappointed. I think I might retake it again. I'm very happy with my ACT score, but I just, I don't know, I feel like part of me 
is fearful I won't get into college with just an ACT score, which is so stupid because schools are test optional now, but part of me is, like, trying to compensate. It's like, what if my essay isn't good, or what if they don't like my extracurriculars, or whatever, stuff like that, and it's just, like, so many different factors that, in my mind, I'm trying to, like, put all the factors into, like, their own compartment and then, like, make sure that they're the best so that when everything is combined, the colleges are like, wow, she's check, 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 you know, like, let's let her in. But I don't, I'm very nervous about just everything put together. I think, like, the strongest part of my college application is not strong enough anymore. Like, just having good grades, having good test scores isn't enough, so you have to overcompensate by being good in everything, including your test scores and being better than your test scores. So, it's just, like, so nerve-wracking. But, yeah, I'm also a little disappointed because I miss so many reading questions, and normally reading is my strong suit. Like, math, okay, I miss math questions, whatever. That's just, you know, not my thing. But reading is usually, like, what I'm good at. Reading, writing, not so much, like, grammar stuff. But I missed a lot of reading questions, and that was a little upsetting. Although the essay, like, the passage that they gave us was so confusing. I was very confused. It was one of those, like, literature ones that I was very confused about. Sometimes they're, like, very hit or miss. Normally, when they do, like, contemporary literature, I much, much, much prefer that. But they gave us what, like, um like, old-timey 1800s literature that, you know, those books that just, like, ramble, they don't even talk about anything. Kind of like this podcast, but they're just, like, I don't know, like, slow-paced, a little bit of a character study with, like, background thrown in. It's, like, geez, just, like, give me something where the words are still in use today, you know? Talking about reading and stuff, I'm going to talk about what I'm reading. So, Last time we talked, I was still working on The Goldfinch by Donna Tartt, and I have finished that, safe to say, I'm very happy about that. 700 and what, like 780 pages, and I'm finally done. And I have mixed reviews. I liked it, but I also didn't like it, and I think that leaves me with a lukewarm feeling towards it. I found, okay, so here's the thing. My what I liked about it kind of switched up. So, at the beginning of the story, the beginning of the book, I liked Donna Tartt's writing style, which I loved in The Secret History because she has this very poetic writing style, like, very descriptive and stuff. And midway through the book, or, like, kind of towards where the plot started changing up a bit, I started liking more the actual story, and I kind of got bored or, like, tired of her writing style, I think maybe at that point the plot was definitely quickening up, like the pace was quickening, and I was like, please just stop with the description, like tell me what's gonna happen, you know? So I would say that I probably, it's like weird, I would recommend sections of the book, I would recommend quotes from the book, but would I recommend the entire book? I don't know. I think if you're really into like long kind of like people describe the book as like a Dickens book like Charles Dickens like Oliver Twist Great Expectations whatever you know those kind of like poor unfortunate soul like gets placed into like fantasy world and like things just happen and stuff like that if you like books like that yes you might like it uh if you like art and stuff like that you would probably like it as well 
And if you like reading books for the writing, you might also like it. But if you are a reader that like won't read books longer than 400 pages, I wouldn't read it even though it got a Pulitzer Prize. And I feel like the reception has been very mixed to it, but I, I don't know. I didn't like it more than The Secret History. So yeah, there's that. Also on vacation, I read My Year of Rest and Relaxation by Otessa Moshfeg. And that book was so good. Um, I gave it four stars, but that's definitely because I related to it too much, so I couldn't enjoy it enough. Um, it's basically the story about a young woman living in New York who goes through this, like, trauma, very traumatic life, and to deal with this, she decides that she's going to hibernate for a year by using sleeping pills and so she like goes to this psychiatrist who gives her a bunch of pills and stuff and like she tries to hibernate there is pretty much like no real plot it's very boring almost in a sense but like boring in a way that accurately portrays what it feels like to be like very tired very bored with your life like in a depression hole or stuff like that and i loved the writing because it was very spot on and like similar to when I'm like very sad or like very in not in a good mental space like what I'm thinking it's like very monotonous but also like that's the point because that's how you think when you are not feeling well and and it was just really good I would recommend it to anyone striving to be a hashtag girl boss and I think like I would definitely want to hibernate for a whole year, if possible. If, like, medically possible, that wouldn't hurt myself, I would do it, because I have eye bags like no other. <laughs> At least I think so. I mean, they're very prominent now. They didn't used to be, so I just, I think I need a whole year to sleep. Okay, so then at the airport, I bought this book called Clara and the Sun. I started reading it, but I didn't, like, immediately connect with it so then I just like dropped it because it was the airport and I was like I could just be playing games on my phone right now so that's actually what I did <laughs> and then when I got home I started reading the midnight library which I checked out from the library so I want to finish that one first and so far it's okay um the writer writes like a British person talks so that's like a little bit kind of fun a little bit off-putting like I like how British people talk and like their lingo and stuff um, but it, like, in text, in reading it, it's a little hard to get used to. Okay, so there is my book review wrap-up section, and on to our topic of today, which is our perception of other people's lives and how that affects us. So, I wanted to get this conversation started with a little talk about the airport. So, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm in the airport, I always do like these made-up character studies of people I see around me who are on my plane, in the terminal, whatever. I will look at them and I'll be like imagining their lives, you know, where they're going to and just all these things based off of their appearance, what they're wearing, what their bags are, um, if they're reading, if they're playing games on their phone, if they're emailing someone, texting someone, calling someone, whatever. And I just do these, like, imaginary 
visions in my head that are kind of like definitely based on stereotype and prejudice and that's probably not a good thing but in the airport it's just like these are all these strangers and you're like I'm never gonna see these people again I wonder where they're going you know it's just like interesting to think of what they might be doing in their lives and I also notice that in life generally I do this too maybe I'll be walking down the street or walking down the hall at school and I see someone and I try to picture what their life is like or I think about how they are feeling inside and sometimes I do this with people I actually know too like looking at someone and being like oh their life seems so sad and depressing or their life seems amazing. My favorite example of this is when you look at like an old person eating food by themselves and you're like, oh my god, their their life is so sad, like that's so depressing, you know, like they must be all alone and lonely and it's so sad, I wish I could go help them. But in reality, that old person could be having the time of their lives and they could not be sad or depressed or lonely in the least bit, but we kind of like put our own perception and our own ideas onto them, and that's definitely not reality, and I think about this all the time because I used to always put my own ideas onto someone and be like, if I was in your shoes, I would be unhappy, and that's like not what their life actually is. It's just a reflection of what we think and not a reflection of their actual lives at all. And I have an example because I'm always here with my examples. <laughs> In the seventh grade, I was very self-conscious about my eyebrow shape because I'd gotten my eyebrows threaded and stuff and they were just were like uneven and just very sparse, you know, like just not not great and I don't really care that much now I mean I still care a little bit but I was very self-conscious about my eyebrow shape then so whenever I looked at other people all I would notice is the shape of other people's eyebrows and I would think and I'd be like oh their eyebrows are not good or their eyebrows are great and they must be happy with those eyebrows or like their eyebrows are not great that must that must be sad for them you know but there wasn't even that there was anything wrong with other people's eyebrows but I was just hyper focused on my part on my own eyebrows and that led me to hyper focus on other people's eyebrows <laughs> and I think this one is funny because it's like a whole deep example but with eyebrow shape but that shows that like when you or notice and like cognizant of something that someone else is doing or how someone else looks or behaves what they're wearing stuff like that when you're like very aware of that it normally says more about how you feel about yourself than how the other person feels about themselves and i think that like when we make up these ideas for how we think other people are living their lives what they must be feeling and stuff like that it's just a reflection of our own insecurities like another example I have so I live in the suburbs and a lot of times I'll see like suburban moms you know like walking around doing their groceries bring their kids to soccer practice whatever dropping their kids off at school and I'll look at them and like in my mind I look at them and I just see this like sad person like I think to myself 
I'm so sorry you have to live in the suburbs and raise kids and, like, have this perfect nuclear family and go to work, work a nine-to-five in the office and, like, come home. That must be so terrible for you. In reality, that lifestyle could be the perfect lifestyle for people. And a lot of people are happy with that routine, with that kind of lifestyle. I mean, even, like, with my own parents and stuff, I look at them and I think, like, I'm sorry that you have to work a nine-to-five just to make ends meet for me, and, like, when you come home, you don't even get to have time of your own, but I, like, talked to my mom about that once, and she was, like, I have, (laughs) it's very cheesy, but, like, I have everything I need, like, I have my kids, I have my family, and that's really all I need, and I'm happy where I am, and so that idea that I had of these suburban moms not being happy where they are is really more of a reflection of my own insecurity of not being able to find happiness when I'm an adult and honestly like not wanting to kind of live that suburban lifestyle which doesn't seem like it's for me currently. So I was scared and I am scared of becoming like that and because of that I hyper focus on how those people act and what those people are doing and I put my own insecurities onto them. That doesn't say anything about how their lives actually are, but it says everything about what my life is actually like, you know? So I think that when we tend to like just completely generalize other people's lives and their experiences and put them into a box of, oh, they're happy. Oh, they're having a good time. Oh, they're not having a good time. They're unhappy. They're miserable. Just like these generalized things based on one second glimpses of their lives. We are also making our own lives unhappy because we think that oh, if I end up like this person, I will be miserable because they're in that miserable category in my mind. But that's completely not true. Like, you see these people that you're judging literally for, like, two minutes, say if you're at the airport still, and you can just magically divine their entire life and, like, how they are and their mental state and stuff like that. Like, of course not. You can't do that. And if who's to say that, like, if you do end up, like, I'll use me as, as an example, if you do end up as a suburban soccer mom, who's to say that you won't be happy and fulfilled and content? Like, 30 years down the road, th- not 30, maybe that's too many, 20 years down the road, if you're living that lifestyle, you could be happy and you could be living a great life. And other people, other teenagers who are aspiring to do strange things will look at you and be like, oh, she's so sad, you know, taking her kids to soccer practice, you know, like, Oh, going to the office and working your nine to five, a desk job. Wow. That's, that's a terrible life. She's not having any fun. I don't want to be like that, but like I could be having the best time of my life, you know? So I think that we think that we always need to have these like perfect representations of how we are to the outside world to show that we're being happy. I think like when we think in terms of this, like putting our fake scenarios and our ideas onto other people, it makes us also like hyper aware of what we are doing and self-conscious to seem like we are not lame or we are not unhappy. We're living a good life. We're not miserable. And it puts us into this life of performance, performing to other people, to random strangers in the airport. Um, rather than actually living and I know like for me this is a tough thing to like wrap my head around because I feel like so much of my life has I've grown up performing 
to seem like I'm happy. And I think this kind of started with, like, social media, like, always trying to curate my social media to look like I'm having the absolute best time of my life and feeling upset when I would see other people who looked like they were having more fun than me on social media or whose pictures were prettier or who had better outfits or whatever. And it's always, like, this aspirational, like, climb to the top and people who are even like at the top in terms of like looking like their life is so happy they still have problems but everyone still performs and tries to make it seem like they're always having a good time and that can really take away from actually living if you're working so hard to be seen like you're um let's say like you're reading a very good like intelligent piece of literature like I don't know, the Odyssey, and you actually hate it, you're reading it, and you don't like it at all, but you read it on the subway or in your classroom to make it seem like, oh, she's so well-read and, you know, like, very smart and put together, when in reality, you don't like that at all, you're just doing it so other people think that you are intelligent, and that's, like, such a horrible way to live and go about the things you do in life. I mean, if you're doing something to look like you're enjoying it to other people, but in reality, deep down, you aren't enjoying it at all, like, what kind of life is that to live, you know? Like, if you're doing something and you don't enjoy it, then you should just stop doing it. Who cares what other people think? Like, go read Twilight instead of reading The Odyssey. Like, if you like it, then just go do it like that. Because your life would be so much better if you just followed what you actually wanted to do, what your happiness is, rather than looking at what other people expect from you and putting on a performance like that, just so people don't think you're, like, lame or people won't judge you and look at you and think you're bad. Like, we are all acting as if we're, like, auditioning to be interesting in other people's lives like we want to seem like that cool interesting intelligent smart beautiful like well-read person that other people want to be and we're like just putting on these performances of envy basically and jealousy and that's like no way to live if we want to have like this happiness of what we're doing like true happiness instead of just getting validation from how other people think about you how other people look at you and judge you then We should just do things for ourselves, you know? And I think something important that goes along with this is recognizing that happiness looks different for everyone. Happiness, for me, might be reading Harry Potter on the plane. Happiness, for someone else, might be reading the Odyssey on the plane, you know? There's no reason to think that just because someone isn't doing something that would make you happy, it doesn't mean that they are unhappy. That's like looking at someone who's drinking a smoothie with strawberries in it rather than drinking a smoothie with blueberries in it and being like, wow, they're drinking a smoothie with strawberries in it. That must mean they're unhappy because I don't like strawberries and I like smoothies with blueberries. But that's such a strange way to think because that person could very well just like love strawberries and hate blueberries. They're looking at you thinking the same thing. But someone's experience isn't worse than yours just because it doesn't look like your version of happiness. And that's what I always think about when I think about other people's lives. And I think about 
when I make generalizations about other people's lives based on literally 30 second glimpses of them and I think, wow, they look nothing like my version of happiness, they must be unhappy, that is so such a messed up way to think because these people aren't well, you don't know how they are feeling, and just to put on this, like, I don't know, like, generalization about how they are feeling because of your own beliefs is just so strange. It's a very subconscious thing that we do, and there's probably a bunch of people out there in the world who have seen me and been like, wow, the way she dresses, the way she acts, how she talks, like, she just must be so unhappy, like, she's living this shallow life, or, you know, she's, like, all wrapped up in school, and she doesn't have any perspective on the real world, or stuff like that, and in reality, like, I'm pretty happy living my life, and I'm not very, like, striving to be, like, someone else, or someone I'm not, and those people who think that about me, like, where are they getting that from? Their own mind, like their own insecurities about how they are behaving. If I was insecure about my outfit, then I would look at someone else's outfit more and hyper-focus on it. Like I said with my eyebrows, if I was insecure about my eyebrows, then I'd judge other people's eyebrows. If I'm insecure about my own happiness, then I'll judge other people on their own happiness. We overanalyze other people based on what we're already insecure about, And if we recognize that, I feel like it opens a lot of, like, doors to relief. Like, just being like, okay, I recognize that I'm hyper-focusing on this, so this is something I need to work on in myself. And once that gets better and better and better, there's, like, you can let go of that hyper-focusing on other people and really focus on yourself, which is what you want to do. I think that Nowadays, with, like, social media and stuff, we get so concerned with how other people are behaving, what other people are doing, what they look like, how they're acting, what they're getting, like, if they're succeeding. That just really makes us more and more critical of how we analyze people in a bad way, like, not critically in a good way. I mean, critically can be used in a good way, but, like, in a bad way, very critical, being very judgmental about other people. And I think, like, even making our stereotypes even more ingrained just based on what other people look like and how they act. Like, I know a bunch of people who I'm friends with or have been friends with where I, like, looked at them and I scanned them, basically, and made a first impression. And I was like, no, like, we can't be friends. Like, we're so so different and, like, I just could not be friends with you. But if you just, like, take back the stereotypes and you, like, let go of your prejudice, let go of your perceptions of these people that are wrong, then you can be friends with them. And, like, you shouldn't close yourself off to all this stuff just based on these false perceptions and ideas about people that are just based on your own insecurities. And, yeah, (laughs) I think the big takeaway for this episode is that happiness looks different on everyone, And it's not fair to assume that someone isn't happy, that their life isn't fulfilling, or like, God forbid, it's not as interesting as yours, just because it doesn't look like yours, and vice versa. It's not fair to call your life sad and miserable and unfulfilling just because it doesn't look like someone else's. Happiness is not really a look, if you think about it. Like, people are happy in all different places. It's not about how you are perceived by other people. It's definitely internal. It's one of those things. It's like beauty is internal. Happiness is internal. 
and your life isn't lame because it doesn't look like someone else's happiness and other people's lives aren't terrible because they don't look like your life and not everyone wants the same thing i think about like going back to tiktok which i always bring up like that time on tiktok where people were like making fun of basic clothing you know like wearing leggings wearing converse or whatever and saying like that's so boring how could anyone like dressing like that the thing is a lot of people do like dressing like that and just because you don't dress very wildly doesn't mean you aren't happy it doesn't mean you aren't fulfilled with what you're doing fashion wise with your life (laughs) geez to make a jump there but people took that idea they'll see people wearing leggings and be like oh you're so uninspired and like I do it too sometimes and it's just really hard to think like those things that you think are just reflections of you and don't like ever go into a situation thinking of someone pitying them for something that you think is wrong with them you know or like being scared of someone because you think that their life is better than you or like all these emotions that we derive kind of out of nowhere out of a look from someone out of scanning them what they're wearing what they look like like happiness isn't like something a tangible like look or feel you can get or like fulfillment or success it's not like something you can see on someone and it shouldn't be something that you characterize someone as just by how they look you know okay so thank you guys for listening to this episode i hope you liked it it was a little shorter today but i don't know i felt like i talked very quickly and rambly and so maybe that makes up for like how short it is just because i jammed the whole entire episode with words um thank you guys for listening i hope you have a great rest of your day and i'll see you soon bye